Where do we start with William Hurley? Commonly known by his old Unix username, Whirly, he started his professional career at Apple, followed by IBM. He then became both a master and founder at a string of successful startups. Whirly has seen struggles, failures, and successes. He tells his story best, so let's jump right into our conversation with Whirly. Thank you all for joining us, Founding Austin, Masters and Founders Live podcast. Um, I want to say thank you to all of our sponsors on Facebook Live, Waterloo, uh, Waterloo Kind Bar, Tin ha Tiny House Coffee, Still Austin, and the Russell Collection Fine Art Gallery, which is where they were so kind to let us do this. Today, we have William Hurley, who is an entrepreneur, tech Tech genius, I would say, after, after looking up what he does, and, and we're all really, really excited to learn what he has to say. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, man, of course. So let's dive right in. Uh, for those of you that don't know, I'm going to give um, William the opportunity to tell us of your story from the get-go, wherever you want to start. So, I mean, you know, my entrepreneurial story started, you know, I was... Um, started my career at Apple, was working at IBM, decided, uh, you know, I'd been in a project that was making them a lot of money, and I thought I should make that money, and joined my first startup that everybody does, where you join it, and it's horrible, and, you know, everything crashes, and I was like, man, why did I give up my job at IBM? Uh, but I really liked it, and a few years later, I, uh, I launched a mobile company here in town called Chaotic Moon, and that was acquired by Accenture. And I left Chaotic Moon and started a fintech company called Honest Dollar that was acquired by Goldman Sachs in uh, 2016. Uh, and I've been at Goldman Sachs, and now I'm leaving and starting kind of my third entrepreneurial adventure, uh, which is a new company called Strangeworks. And does entrepreneurship run in your family, or is this just embedded right right in your blood from the get-go? I have no idea how any of it is happening. It's not a, I mean, you know, the whole, like, the attitude of, like, getting it done, all of that runs in my family. But, uh, you know, and, and my dad did start a couple of businesses, but this is a kind of a, a whole new world for me. Every time you start, you know, like I'm starting the new Strangeworks company, and I always tell people who are like, oh, it must be so easy now because you've got like access to money and you've got money and you've got all these connections. You've got all this stuff. It's like it's just as difficult every single time. Sure, with or without, I'm, I'm sure money is money's always a problem, right? You know? So I have a question yeah. uh, regarding that initial phase when you went from IBM, I mean Apple, IBM, and then yeah. that first startup. At what point did you say, I want to be a founder? Was it while you were at IBM or Apple, or was it once you were in the startup world? So, so I'm kind of the anti-founder founder, so I don't, I don't, I, I um, uh, the founder thing is, is always weird to me because people want to be a founder for the wrong reason. Um, it's a lot of times driven by uh, too much ego or uh, too much ambition in other areas, and not enough driven by like, the founder is both the best title in the world and the shittiest job in the world, right? Um, it's like being CEO. It's like if somebody's like, man, I'm, I'm, I'm CEO, it's like, eh, you know, like I never want to be CEO. When Goldman acquired Honest Dollar, uh, they were like, oh, one more thing. They're like, you're not going to be able to be CEO. And I was like, oh, thank God, right? Nice. Like I was like, <laughs> I was like that's awesome. Um, but uh, for me, um, it's not about being a founder as much as it is about um, building a, a team and that kind of independence that you have when you're starting your own thing and the decisions you can make and the risk you can take and figuring out where your level of risk is, you know, how do you mitigate things that you can't control, how do you manage it. Like, I like that whole thing. I mean, my team, 
uh, right now is over at the Fairmont Hotel doing things that most founders would never let or trust their team to do. Um, and they're, uh, they're going to do a great job on it, right? I mean, I completely, I try to hire people that are smarter than me, you know. Um, but, you know, founder is the best title in the world. I love it. Um, whenever I was at uh, Chaotic Moon, we were trying to figure out who's going to be CEO. And I was like, I don't really give a shit because I think, I think founder is the greatest title ever. But, um, you know, it's not something that I, that I think about. It's kind of a, a lifestyle more than a label. For sure, for sure. Was there, um, going from a quote-unquote stable environment, working for a big big corporation, going into startup, was there fears there? Is there? No, and there, and there should have been. Because yeah. <laughs> like I said, when I got out of that, I was like, why did I quit that job? I showed up at 10 o'clock, went to lunch at 11.30, I left at 3, and they paid me all this money, and yeah. I basically just got to experiment around with technology, and I was like, now I have to wake up at 6 a.m., and you know, and, and work till 2 a.m. and things are horrible. So, uh, you know, you have to remember, right, startups, um, for people listening, are always in one or two phases. They're struggling or they're out of business. Uh, you oh, know? I like and so, that. And so, uh, so um, you know, I learned over the years to, like, kind of embrace that struggle and really get used to it. But, uh, uh, you know, the, it, it's been a, I mean, it's been a very interesting journey. And I think the two things that most founders never talk about, they always talk about, like, Oh, I have this great idea. You know, I mean, I I talk to other founders all the time, and I, I, and not everybody's this way, but you know, we all know the people that have that attitude and kind of the ego about, you know, like I'm great, that's why it works, or you know, we're the best, or whatever. And my attitude was, um, you know, I have been incredibly lucky, and I have an have had incredibly good timing, Um, and I don't ever discredit that. You know, like I would rather have luck and timing as a founder than any amount of skill or money or anything because. Um, we all know those businesses that were brilliant ideas that ended up being worth nothing or everybody had to go find a day job because they didn't work because, you know, they ran out of money and it wasn't, you know, maybe the market wasn't ready, you know, maybe there wasn't established technology, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, so, you know, luck and timing are like the two biggest things for me. And just, you know, again, it's all, a, it's, a, it's, I approach it differently and recently because, you know, I've had a couple of really good exits. I've had a, a number of investments that I've made that have all exited. So, um, you know, a lot of people have been like, oh, there's a secret skill right. there. And, and there is. And, I, and I'll share the secret with everybody. Um, only do shit you know you're going to kick ass at. Like, if you're like, you know, so it's not that I'm, it's not that I'm, great at everything it's that I don't do things I know I'm gonna suck at like if you were like hey would you like to start a you know chemical company right now I'd be like well probably not you know Uh, but you know everybody is like I don't know is there money in that maybe I will and I've just never done that so I think it's you have to manage it but the expectations on me the problem is the expectations get higher and higher and I'm just hoping that that luck continues and that and that that timing is right you know because at some point it's not gonna be and it's gonna be like oh Worley's had a big failure you know it's gonna be like oh well you know I really like in looking at all the things that you've done, um, the diversity. So you yeah. go back to Chaotic Moon, and, and we, we watched these videos yesterday of these awesome skateboard that you, <laughs> yeah. you, know, you did. That's, and all, then, and that's then, all cool stuff, but the diversity stuff is you know, top of mind. Yeah, and then you go on Installer, which is you know, fintech, and something completely different, retirement accounts, which and equal. I've, got, I've got a background in wealth management, and that's totally boring, versus, right. versus some of the other cool stuff that you've done. So. When well, you first started going down the founder path, was it a product or was it just a company you're trying to build? Um, well, you know, every time it's different. Um, with Chaotic Moon, it was a company. With Honest Dollar, it was a product. Um, with Strangeworks, it's 
a product and a company. You know, and what I mean by that is like we were a services business at County Moon, so you're trying to build a company and a brand and get people to come and trust you and spend money with you. With um, with Honest Dollar, it was like we want to put a hand in the product of people who don't have access to certain financial instruments, who don't have the knowledge, who nobody's taken the time to, to, to mentor and, and teach them on. And, uh, and it was very product focused. It wasn't much about trying to build a brand or build a company to 600 people or whatever. It's like how many people's lives can you touch and can you affect? And so with Strangeworks, it's, it's a combination of those and a realization. You know, I think founders often make the mistake of not knowing who they are they read Ink Magazine, which is like a romance novel for right. business nerds. Right. It's like, I know people have been on the cover of Ink Magazine where I'm like, that is not at all how that happened. <laughs> right. It's like revisionist history. But um, I realized I, I wanted to be the hero at, at Honest Dollar, right? I'm going to go help all of these people with, without means improve their life. It's like, that's going to energize me to wake up every day. Because Chaotic Moon, let's face it, was, I mean, anybody who knows, it was a company for fun and profit, right? And it was a lot of fun, and there was a way more profit than anybody will ever know. I love uh, the video <laughs> of the, the, the drone tasering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, um, that guy actually works at Strangeworks now. Does he? Uh, yeah, Jackson Sheehan. So he actually was supposed to come over with us. Um, I'm glad he didn't, because he really does not like that video. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably because he was tased by a drone. Exactly. But, um, but you know, so so honest, you know, Canic Moon is fun and profit. It was like, let's do a business. Then you fast forward to Honest Dollar. That was like, it's a company with this social purpose, and we're still going to make money. We're going to do all this. We're going to do this good in the world. And, and I had this kind of hero idea. Uh, with Strangeworks, what I realized is, um, I'm never going to be the hero, and I probably shouldn't be. So with Strangeworks, the approach is quantum computing's coming. There's this new technology that can do all these revolutionary things. Can I be the catalyst? Can I build tools for 100, 1,000, 100,000, a million, 100 million people out there who could be heroes if they only had access to this and somebody made it understandable and stuff? Um, so, you know, instead of building a company and a brand like Kayla Moon or building a product like uh, you know, Honest Dollar, Strangeworks is kind of a amalgam of all of the things over my career because it's like I want to build a strong brand, I want to build a strong company with a social purpose, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, uh, but I also realized that I'd rather, be a, I'd rather manufacture heroes than be one myself. I like that. I have questions, and I want to get into, into Strangeworks, but before that, I want to have questions regarding timing, and this is your third endeavor. One was Goldman Sachs was bought out, I mean, Goldman Sachs bought out Honest Dollar, what happened to uh, the first one? Was that also a censure was bought out by uh, okay, Cadding Moon? Were those something that you planned, or just kind of just fell on your lap? No, there's no planning. I mean, that's a that is an amazing question because I've done, um, you know, most of the interviews I do are like technical and stuff, and I've done a few of these kind of founding things, not many. Uh, and I, I'm always like, why would you have me here? <laughs> um, but you know, that's a that's an amazing question because the thing everybody asks me when I do one of these, and there's an audience or whatever, is like oh, how do you plan for an exit? How do you do this? And it's like, you don't, right? If somebody comes to me for investment and they're like, and this, these are people we could exit to, it's like I already am literally marking them off the list because you don't plan for Ascension to buy Caddy. You don't plan for Goldman Sachs. Buy. I mean, Goldman Sachs bought Honest Dollar on the year anniversary of the founding of a company. Yeah. We couldn't have planned. If I could plan that, then I would be like, I have a new business called Genius Bring Inc. Your Idea to Me. <laughs> yeah, Genius Inc. You bring your idea to me, and I sell your ass down the river for a big profit. Because, I mean, if I could do that all the time, that'd be amazing. Um, there was no plan. I mean, the, the, the way that transaction came about was completely random. Um, I had had uh, 
nine exits in one year, in including the chaotic moon. Uh, that was 20, uh, uh, 2016. And um, I had started in March on a dollar, and uh, a wealth manager named Allison Rhodes came down from Dallas and was like, hey, you should be a Goldman Sachs client. You've reached that, you know, whatever magic thing that sends those wealth managers yeah, to you. Yeah. And I was like, no, destroying finance, mind control, skateboards, and taser drones, and all this. And she went back and she was like, I have no idea what they're doing, but we should really check that out. <laughs> and uh, the conversation started with us saying, oh, you know, maybe they'd be a good uh, uh, person to get uh, funding from. Because it Uber connected, right? I mean, I mean that's like the financial brand, right? Um, and you know, we—I uh, mean, this story is you know very public. We we did an interview when we first uh, did with them, uh, you know, and we were flying back from Dallas, and they called me and said, "Look, uh, we're going to pass on investing in the company." And I was like, "Hey, no problem, you know, whatever, click." And then he got called back. He's like, "Oh, I wasn't done. I wasn't done." <laughs> He's like, "We just like that buy the whole thing," <laughs> and, I, and we, we spent an hour in the Last Chili's month. in the in the Dallas Love Airport, sitting there drinking a margarita, staring at each other, going like, "What?" You know, when we got the actual, you know, like, hey, let's start having a serious conversation. It's like, no way you plan for that. You know, yeah. you can't plan for exit. You can't plan for success. You can build your business every day. You can build your business, be successful every day. You can try to manufacture happy customers, right? And then all of that other stuff comes, right? But everybody has this, like, weird dream. They're going to get a convertible note from a bunch of funders, you know, right. you know here in Austin. And then, like, magic's going to happen, and then they sell. And it's like, that is not how the... Right. It's like the underwear gnomes on South Park resemble most of the, you know, a big number, unfortunately, the founders that I, that I talked to. Yeah. It's like, step one, steal underpants. Step two, question mark. Step three, profit. And it's like, it's like right, that step two looks really important, and it's question mark. Yeah. Um, you have to just build a business. You have to walk the walk and, and talk the talk. The, um, the thing I really appreciate that, about that is that so many people begin with the end in mind. It's like, it's ready to sell, ready to sell, ready to oh, sell. Oh, absolutely. And, and I gathered from you, it's like, I was just going to do it and take it, you know, however well, long the, it takes. The thing is, like, if you're doing something exciting, like, everybody's like, oh, we're going to do this stuff and we're going to go up against this big corporation, right? And it's like, you got to watch it, you know, they're going to try to crush us out. It's like, no, there's, a, there's an ecosystem, right? right. Um, somebody leaves a big corporation goes out in the area, they start building a company, it gets traction, starts getting advanced, uh, it gets acquired by a big corporation, and then rinse, wash, and repeat the whole process again. Mm -hmm. um, the, the, the large corporations are your friend, not your enemy. You know, you can't be talking about how you want to get acquired and then talking about how shitty they are at the same time. Right. Um, so it, it, that planning for the end really, really bugs me. Um, that... Uh, uh, getting strategic money bugs me because as a founder, right, that's a way for a corporation to get into you early enough to have access to buy you cheaper. So they, they already have an interest if they want to invest. So you mm -hmm. should just not take their investment. Go build your company and right. then, then there's your acquisition sure. target, right? How did you feel about that whenever, I mean, obviously other than excitement, like somebody wants to buy us, there's a certain amount of heart that goes into a company that you put in. Or do you see it as it's just a transaction that happens? Look, here's the deal. I think everybody is full of shit when it comes to this. Because you can't tell me how you're building a company to change the world uh, and you, know, you don't really care about anything else, uh, but then you know, you're, you're already buying the Ferrari in your head or whatever, right? right, right. Um, we're entrepreneurs. Yeah. We're building companies to, that are all entrepreneurship endeavors or lifestyle businesses. Yes. And so it mirrors your lifestyle. 
And if your lifestyle is you want to do some good in the world and you want to get paid for it, well, then your company will mirror that. And if it's like you just want to get paid, then your company will mirror that. And if it's we just want to do good in the world, your company will mirror that and then you will have a company in like nine to 14 months or whatever. But, But the thing is, is like for me, People, people can use this. When I'm putting heart into building something, that doesn't mean that selling it is like somehow like, oh, like Chaotic Moon was a little bit that way for me. When I left, it was like that, that was my baby. Yeah. Um, I was very closely personal tied to the brand. Mm-hmm. It was like getting a divorce. Like right. it, was, it was rough, yeah. okay? Um, and that's what I wanted to get to because some but, of you people do consider it a baby. It, it was. That, leaving Chaotic Moon was like a, like a really bad divorce where then right as you got divorced like your significant other was killed in a plane crash in the ocean and there's not even gonna be able to be a funeral because there's nobody like it was just like horrible um with honest dollar it was different because with honest dollar it was like i'm trying to build a baby that's gonna grow up to change the world and goldman sachs said we would like to sponsor that baby and send them to yale and harvard and all fly around the world or whatever you know it was like amazing like that was incredible um so there was each one is different the the heart stays in there but it all depends on you know are you staying at the company is the company going to stay true to your vision like i mean i don't mind publicly saying i hate what accenture and fjord have have done to accounting i I hate what my uh partners you know where i just don't like where it ended up at all Right. right and and that made it even even worse with honest dollar i'm this is the amazing part uh, Goldman has done an incredible job. Uh, we did a deal with uh, Intuit uh, that they just did, where you know it's like 30 million Intuit uh, TurboTax customers have access to the product, and they're growing it, and they've built a tech team in New York around it, and put it on the platform, and they're integrated with other stuff. You know, it's like my vision kind of lives on, and so it's nice. like I feel really, really good about that. Yeah. Um, you know, with StrangeWorks, who knows? Tell us about StrangeWorks. I want to learn more about it. So we're focused on quantum computing. So it's all theoretical, and quantum computers kind of exist, but not really. And uh, it's yeah. about as risky a thing you could do. So you know, why not uh, base a whole company on it? For those that don't know, what what is quantum computing exactly? It's using the principles of quantum mechanics and atomic particles to to build a computer. Um, so the, the you know the short version is um, your phone has about three billion process uh, transistors in the processor. And they're really, really small, like 10 nanometers. And a virus is like 20 to 40, 400 nanometers to put it in perspective. And so if we get too small, we get near the world of quantum mechanics. And maybe you can't stop a signal or impede it. So you can't make a one or a zero. Maybe everything just breaks down. And that's the doomsday approach that I don't personally subscribe to. Um, On the more positive approach, uh, we can keep building bigger and bigger data centers and keep building chips in silicon. But we're building these mass amounts of data. We're doing all of these things that require this mass computation that um, classical computers struggle with some of it, right? So quantum computers are kind of an answer to that. And quantum computers aren't going to run cat videos on the internet faster or stuff like that. They'll be very, very specific tasks, probably in finance and energy and pharma and places like that, and that, that they're applied to. Why? Why would I do you go from, yeah, from, from fintech to... Because obviously I have a trick. I'm not going to share that with you. <laughs> I like no, that. no, no, no. Um, I, I have a so all every business I've done and every endeavor I've done have all been steeped in system theory and kind of system management. So even though Chaotic Moon and Honest Dollar look different, they're identical in my head. Mm-hmm. Chaotic Moon and Honest Dollar and StrangeWorks are identical in my head. The, this, it's like um, think of starting a company like writing a book. 
right? So uh, the content is different. Uh, the context is different, but the core is the same. Uh, you know, it's going to be printed on paper and available on audio, and it's going to need book art. You know all of these components about the company. Mm -hmm. And so I've got my, my one trick that I kind of apply, and applying it in a different area I think is great for me because the more areas I can apply it in and be successful, uh, you know, when, when I, at Chaotic Moon, no one would have ever given us any money, right? And then Honest Dollar was like, well, you know, he's done a lot of stuff, maybe, you know, and funding Strangeworks was infinitely easier than well, those. Yeah. Um, and then if I go from mobile to fi fintech to, like, super high-end computing, then if my next company was like, it's going to be breeding frogs, like, people want to be like, that sounds <laughs> fucking stupid, but they're going to be like, I mean, I don't know, because all that might, other stuff didn't go. Yeah, all something. those other stuff didn't go together either, right? Yeah. So for me, it's a for me, it's um, it, it's about that as a system model, but it's also more importantly as a founder, it's about personal growth. Hmm? It's about why would I be like? Why would it be like? You know, you see people are like, did a fintech company sold it? They do another fintech company. You are definitely only doing that, no matter what you say, to make the money. You're right. like, I've already done this. I'm gonna do it again. For me, I I don't want to do the same company twice. Yeah. I don't want to see the same movie you know, yeah. two or three times. Right. I want to do new, exciting stuff. And so it's always about finding something that's new and exciting. As far as personal growth and, and timing goes, it, you got into the tech space early. I mean, what we all consider early 1994, right? Has it always been tech? And yeah, it, it, it's mostly always been tech. And for what reason? Were you, when you were a kid, were you infatuated with... with no, I, I just, I, I mean... I, uh, I was going to be a, a musician, that, right? That was the deal. And uh, that was the deal. And then I got in a bad accident, and the band moved on without me, and I took the insurance money, and I built a digital recording studio. And that was, you know, doing a little contract work here and there, and that's what got my job at Apple. And then I, I just realized that there's this, there's this divide in tech between the people who understand the technology and the people who use it. And in every business I start, I try very hard to bridge that divide, yeah. right? Producers and consumers. Right. Well. Yeah. I mean, if you can, and if you can live on both sides of that equation, it, it, you can build some really, really cool businesses. I have a random thought, a random question, nothing to do with what this is, I don't think, maybe. Um, AI, thoughts on that? Um, I don't think you can have AI without quantum computing, so I'm, I'm super excited about okay. quantum computers coming in. I'm not scared of AI. I don't like the killer robot example. Um, although the, the fact is, every, there's a bunch of people that use a killer robot example. They're like, yeah, I'll take over. And what everybody thinks is like the iRobot or the whatever. Mm -hmm. um, look, we suck at good power sources and good energy sources. Uh, Boston Dynamics, you know, killer robots, when you see the conspiracy theorists talk about them, they're powered by diesel. Like, I'll just hide and wait for it to run out of gas, and then I'll just tear it apart and build something new. Um, the real fear of AI, uh, and I think the thing that really pushes people like Elon Musk and others to, you know, kind of preach us is everything's connected on the internet. So it's not killer robots you need to worry about. It's like killer internet bots, right? right. Um, that say, oh, let's crash financial system. Or do the, you know, the horrible mm -hmm. things could happen. Um, but I also, again, I don't understand why lately we're so negative on technology. I don't right. understand why sure. everybody is, it, it's, you know, quantum computers will break encryption. There'll be no privacy. Wait, when have we ever had security as a stable system where we didn't have to advance right. it? Threat and remediation advance, you know, and threats get bigger and remediation gets better and threats get bigger and, and it, you know, so it's like, okay, maybe a quantum computer breaks encryption. What about quantum encryption? You know, like I like on all the positive sides. As far as AI, 
I, I think we're way, way, way away from that. I think machine learning is awesome and can do cool stuff. I think it's a stupid to confuse machine learning with like some actual intelligence because right. it's not. Um, uh, you know, it's more like your code is out of control. Um, but uh, you know, I think you know it'll happen one day, and I think it'll take us into a completely new era. Yeah. And I don't think that it'll be horrible. But I do. When I was young, I did watch. 2001 the Space Odyssey yeah. and so like I'm not gonna lie every once in a while you can kind of have like think about that like you know open the pod bay doors Hal uh, I'm sorry Dave I can't do that uh, come on Hal open the doors like that you know that that is a little creepy yeah. right there yeah really listen to Elon Musk yesterday it was yesterday yes he was on was yesterday and uh, yeah he's definitely thinking that's like you know giving people keys there's got to be more regulation on that which I'm kind of in, the, in between. I'm like, I, you hear that and you're like, oh, yeah, cautious, but then at the same time, I'm always open to technology. But let's talk about that from a founder's perspective, right? When I got into fintech, it was heavily regulated. Um, right now, there's talk about making some quantum computing stuff, uh, munition-like encryption, right? So you can't export it to certain places as that. Um, regulation is dead. Uh, regulation, um, I speak to tons of congressmen and women and tons of senators about this topic you are living in an age where technology so outpaces the ability for you to regulate the taser drone the whole reason we did that was to demonstrate that like oh you're worried about drones we built a drone that can find you and tase you uh, with uh, which could have also had a bomb on it it could have also had a tranquilizer or a gun or whatever um, and we bought all the parts on the internet. It's like, how are you gonna regulate this improvisation around technology? And so it's like, what are you gonna regulate with AI? Like, like what's that regulation look like, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. It's like, I hear people say that, and I hear him say that, it's like, okay, let's regulate AI. What's that look like? So I'll t here's a hint, let's start with self-driving cars. Sounds like we should regulate AI on self-driving cars. Because all of a sudden, I don't think you care that much. Right. I, I mean, I, I, about that, I think you care a lot more about like, whoa, 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 the regulation affects me? Because that's what we all do, right? right? That's not, you know, like, I would do the same thing. Yes. I'm, not, I'm not criticizing him. Like, I would be like, whoa, 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 you want to regulate quantum computing? Like, that is different, obviously, <laughs> right. because I've invested all my time and money and effort in it. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, how would you regulate AI? Right. What right. would you say? Would you regulate it in finance to say AI couldn't trade? The first question in my head was, who's smart enough to regulate it? Like, at the, at the end of the day. I think we could probably build an AI for that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, it was one of those things. Like, okay, so most regulations come from senators and Congress and all that and that. And you've seen them on C-SPAN. They're not this, you know, not all of them are the smartest you know, people in the world. And then having them regulate AI, I'm like, wow. Well, Look, I met with most of them, and I'll tell you this: our, our members of, of, of you know the House and Senate are smarter than people give them credit for. Spend way too much time having to raise money to keep their jobs, and probably have their jobs for too long, right? right, right. <laughs> um, but it, it's not. It, it's it's um, it's it's so difficult, and that and that and that is a defense of the 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 House and Senate only because over the last three years I've spent a, a disproportionate amount of time, and you start walking in somebody else's shoes a little bit, For and then sure. you're like, yeah, you know what, I'm now Senator Worley from you know Austin, and uh, there's millions of people, you know, that I represent who are emailing or calling or have things and so like today it's 
you know, somebody got poisoned uh, by ice cream and there was a death and do we need to fix the laws on health code? And then this afternoon right. it's cybersecurity and tomorrow it's like this yeah. whirly guy, but yeah. this quantum thing, you know, and it's like, it's, it's like, that's why I do not ever want that job, <laughs> but, um, but, but it's really tough. And then you talk about regulating all these things. It's like, look, um, somebody takes, you know, there's some manufacturing process that makes a food product uh, that kills, you know, uh, some poor person, uh, that's easy to regulate, right? I mean, we all, it was like, well, obviously, they should develop some process right. that they do that. Um, there's an AI, and it can think like a person that lives on the internet. Like, how do you regulate that? You right. know, I, I keep coming back to that. It's like, don't, you know, I mean, that would be great, because if you solve that regulatory issue, mm -hmm. I know a ton of people in the House and Senate that would be like, your best friend and could apply that to a million other Very issues that are that are regulatory based. Very cool. What would your advice be, uh, doing back to our audience of people, so the whole idea as we talked before the show, Masters and Founders, for those people that are either on their couch with an idea, like how do I get started, or what would that piece of advice be for, for you to them? That's the toughest question I get asked when we talk about stuff like this. It, is it, you know, we're officed over at WeWork, and we're, you know, we go over to Galvanize, we go over to Capital Factory, we're in all these environments, and uh, there's a different, there, there's uh, there's entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs, right? And there's a difference between being a founder and playing a founder, and I mean, it's true. I mean, when we were first in Capital Factory, I mean, uh, in the WeWork, we were in there, and we're there at like 6 a.m., and there's this guy, um, you know, a couple of people that were like there at night with us and whatever. And the rest, every, it's like dead. It's like, ooh, four o'clock. And then there's people down having beer at the free beer tab and then pff, they're gone. It's like, those are all the people that are out of business. <laughs> um, you know, my son's 21. Uh, he just launched a company last year at South by called Chilligence. It does diligence for startups. It's a super cool idea. I love it. I'm a, I, I love that he's doing it. You know, like I'm, I'm his You're biggest fan. But... Um, you know, it's like, you know, the first thing I did was I pointed out all those companies to them. I was like, you have to be working, thinking, innovating 24 hours a day. My wife hates it. You know, my wife hates, you know, I'm in the tub at night and I'm like, hey, can you bring my computer? And I'm like, you know, and she's like, you're supposed to be relaxing. Or, you know, we're at the pool at the pool party and I'm over in the corner. You know, we we're in Paris last week and I'm on my phone. But it's like, business doesn't stop. Ever. The, the Ever. ideas don't stop. The progress doesn't stop. And you, are, you, you have an infinite amount of competition and an infinite amount of opportunity. And I think part of the reason that I've been so good at the timing is it because I'm always active across every time zone because I'm always up. I'm working until you know, 2 in the morning every night. Because I'm there then that builds a larger surface with which for that timing and luck to kind of fall on, yeah, right? That's yep. a great way to put, yeah, it, put it. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, that was, uh, that was some of the best advice all day, I think. Yeah. And all the, and the best different people that question, and that was a good, good way to put it. What it comes down to is hard work. Yeah. Well, I mean, I saw people, you know, my joke usually is people are like, how are you successful? I'm like, well, what were you doing at 4 a.m. last night? Yeah, that's so, it. Because you know? <laughs> I was working. <laughs> were you sleeping? Yeah. That's my advantage. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you want to tell us a little okay, bit about so I brought, your book? I brought this. So, yeah, I brought this just because everybody's been asking about it. Uh -huh. You guys would would probably do the same. Um, so you brought an extra copy, I see. Uh -huh. No, 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 <laughs> I, didn't. I didn't. But I can get you guys copies. Okay. I can get but um, we, uh, 
for StrangeWorks, we're doing a cool project. You ask about diversity mm -hmm. and, and you ask about equals and things like this. I wanna, I wanna come back to that for a second and sure. I'll tie in why the book is important. So um, the equals program is, you know, I was able to bring together the ITU, which is the International Telecommunications Union at the UN and, and uh, UN Women. Uh, to help women in STEM and women in tech careers. It's a huge program. It's going great. Doreen Bogdan and the team over there have done an amazing job of managing that from Zilli over at UN Women. It's great. And my role was getting it started, architecting it, and, and providing it funding and doing some stuff, and then letting the people who have the talent do their job and, and staying out of their way, right? Because everybody's like, oh, you know, what do you do on that? It's like, yeah, I mean, I talk to Doreen, you know, every week and I do stuff, but it's like there is a whole team of doing it, right? It's like, you know, when Elon launched a rocket, it's like, he's done so great. It's like, also that company has 6,000 employees, right. you know? And, and so they deserve a huge amount of credit for that. I love Divink in town. I'm a huge fan of theirs. Um, I, you know, I, I, I'm trying to do what I can to support all of these diversity efforts. Uh, and so trying to take that and bring it into StrangeWorks from the very inception, we will tomorrow, more than likely, if I can write a press release and, and do all that, uh, announce our company, our funding and stuff tomorrow. At the same time, uh, over in, in Europe, uh, in Geneva, uh, CERN will announce a partnership between Chaotic Moon and CERN. Uh, Chaotic Moon, Strangeworks and CERN. See, it can't, it's my no, baby, sorry. I can't even get it out of my head. Um, and so what we've done is we've partnered up on uh, taking students um, that wouldn't have access to the Large Hadron Collider, that wouldn't have access to CERN, that wouldn't have access, and flying students for fi over to CERN for five weeks, not only to see all the physics and work with all the amazing technology and, and people that are there, um, it's just like a big pile of brains over there if you ever go there, uh, but also um, to work on learning entrepreneurship, to learning on how to be founders, how to take that science knowledge and be like, oh, I could apply it here and so, like, I'll be flying over there with the team, and we'll be giving them examples of, you know, kind of like this interview, right? We'll do, like, a Ask Me Anything, and we'll give them some, like, hey, here's things to think about when you're founding a company and stuff like that. Uh, and, of course, we'll weave quantum computing and all of that. It's physics-based, so it's super easy to do that. Um, so we wanted to do a project, and there was a guy named Chris Ferry who's written a series of uh, physics children's books. Um, and we had this project with CERN, and same kind of things together because I... I sent Chris a picture of my boy with one of his books, and I was like, oh, thanks for writing this. People probably never thank you. And uh, then we started talking, and then where we ended up with a whole bunch of different iterations in the middle, because that's, you know, it's like, you know, working on a book project and working on these uh, more philanthropic efforts are, uh, it's, it's not pivoting. It's like, pivot is the way you do it, right? Because you're like, hey, can you work with this person? Can you work with that? There's a lot of compromise and, and negotiation is uh, Chris and I decided to write this book called Quantum Computing for Babies. Um, nice. And so, and it's an actual children's book, even though we've had to talk to Amazon, because the first few people reviewing it were like, um, this is the worst dummies book ever. Um, <laughs> it's like, but it's literally, it says for babies, and on the back it says, baby university. Like, and it says, it only takes a small spark to ignite a child's mind. Like, it's clearly not for adults. <laughs> nice. And it also, it's made of cardboard, but yeah. you know, <laughs> um, I guess, People, you know, can never underestimate them. That's right. Um, but uh, this is a book on that teaches quantum computing um, to kids, and the profits from this book do go from my side uh, go to StrangeWorks, and we take those profits and we f use those to fund the uh, 
program with CERN and some other programs that we're gonna that we're gonna be announcing. And that kind of is this interesting idea of can we build educational resources? As a founder, can I build educational resources that are also marketing for the company clearly? Yeah. Okay, that also generate revenue. That also you can take that revenue and apply it to doing programs like the program with CERN, right? Yeah. So it's this like really this new kind of little model I have where it's like we're doing good in the world, we're educating people on what we do, we're getting a lot of cred for it, and we're able to offset the cost of doing that good by having things like this book that generate the revenue itself for the program as opposed to the company having to do it, which, you know, once we're a real company and not a startup, I'll be happy to take a big percentage of money and do all kind of cool stuff. Uh, but as a startup, you know, we, we have no money. Yep, so yep, <laughs> we, yep. we have to find some yep. creative way to do that. Makes sense. That's awesome. Really love that. That's a great concept. Yeah. Quite a few for babies. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah, for sure. It's like, I want to start reading that and kind of maybe catch up. It's like, for where sure. was this when I was a kid? <laughs> yeah, right. Well, I know you're busy and got to get going to some other things, but we really want to appreciate. We want to say thank you for coming out. And well, thanks for having me. I mean, I really appreciate the opportunity. Um, it was. It's one of those things where learning from someone that's out there doing it, just and kind of you're out there definitely doing it. Make sure. Make sure. Uh, uh, well, disclaimer: I don't know that anybody should be learning from what I'm out there doing. I think <laughs> Donald, who's on our team, will shake his head and be like, "Yes, do not." <laughs> That is not the person to learn from. So just, you know, so we put that, we should have put that at the, maybe edit that back into the beginning of like the talk. That. I like that. <laughs> this can be the, can be the, the intro. I like it. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you, sir. Thanks for having me. Worley has found a way to increase his luck. More time dedicated to the core idea creates more opportunity. And it also helps to be good at what you're doing. Thank you, Worley, for taking a bit of your time to share your knowledge with us. The Masters and Founders team includes me, Dan Dillard, and producer Mariah Gossett. Thank you, Ryan Francis, for co-hosting this episode with me, and a special thanks to the whole team at Founding Austin. If you're enjoying the show, make sure you are a member of our Facebook group, Masters and Founders, to get access to even more content. And don't forget to rate and review us on either iTunes or wherever you get your podcast, as it helps other listeners find the show. Thanks for listening.